Great singing, church. Uh, Great to be with you today. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 7. I think this world's a disaster, and I just wanted to remind you, I haven't talked about that in a while, and so I'm going to this morning. Hope none of you have monkey pox, um, or coronavirus, or any other virus, or computer virus, or... uh, um, Hope the banks are still open. Hope we're not in World War III. Um, All these things are, I'm joking about them, but all of them are serious in as much as they are serious. Um, And uh, I I don't really, I know those things are going to happen. I know those things happen. Like I know uh, that, that stuff happens in the world and we can't stop it. We're affected. We do have some people in high places here, and I hope they're doing their jobs even today um, that are involved in military and various other things. And, but the idea of us changing the world and the course that it's taking is not really our position or our job. Uh, we're to live for him and with him and trusting in him in these days. There's really two options, two wrong options uh, when I think about what's going on in our world right now is that you can say, well, forget it. Forget it. You know, if, if this world's uh, going to pot, uh, so am I. So am I. So I'm just going to live for myself and in the flesh and just do whatever I want because it doesn't matter. Um, because this world's in a mess, and so why don't I just join them and be in a mess myself? Some of you are taking that, you're doing that right now. Uh, you think life doesn't matter, um, and somehow you got here this morning, and I just want to say that's one wrong answer. Others of you have chosen a, another wrong answer, and that's somehow uh, saying, I'm going to be good enough, good enough for God. I'm going to somehow uh, live my life and I'm going to impress God with the way I live in such a way that as these things fall apart, uh, God will see favor because I'm such a good person. I want to tell you that's the second wrong way. And I, as I look at the book of Romans, this is the, uh, really one of the great themes is the two wrong ways uh, to be right with God. Uh, is to not be right with God, to just go headlong into sin. And uh, the other way is in pride and selfishness and self-righteousness to think that somehow uh, we're impressing God and good enough for him. Uh, that can be by some kind of giving thing. That can be by kind of some kind of works uh, thing. That can be some kind of connection to the church, even your attendance here. Some of you were so proud of yourself this morning that you got to church on time. And others of you who didn't care about getting to church on time, you just got here, which is good too. Um, I want to encourage you that today's message is reminding us, it's going back, it's reiterating what the book of Romans has already taught us, is that there is a different way of living. And it's... you think about Rome, what it must have been like, and uh, it's really hard for us as uh, people who live in Tehachapi to imagine living in Rome because it was the biggest city in the world during this time, and it had everything. It had every kind of religion and every kind of 
uh, the, the neighboring cities and countries around there, people would come and they would want to be a part of Rome. And uh, there was every kind of religion that was on the face of that earth at that time. And uh, Rome was significant. And you, you can imagine that it had everything. It had everything. And yet, uh, in the midst of that, you had this Roman church uh, that Paul wrote to. And he says, I want to make sure you get it. I want to make sure you have the right answer. The right answer, not two wrong answers. I want uh, to read from Romans chapter 7. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you the first six verses which we'll be going through today. God's word says this, Or or, or do you not know, brothers, uh, for I'm speaking to, to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman uh, is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an uh, Accordingly, she would be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. Uh, But if her husband dies, uh, she is free from that law. And if she marries another uh, man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, uh, so that uh, you you may belong to another to him. Uh, who has been raised from the dead, in order that uh, they may bear fruit for God. But while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law uh, were at work in our, our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we uh, serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would encourage us now. I ask that you'd clarify for us in our mind both where we stand with you and also what we should trust in. Uh, God, we thank you so much for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So as we look at God's word this morning, um, I just want to remind you, we have gone over a passage, the previous passage that talks about being a slave to sin and going from a slave to sin to enslaved to God and, and, and to Christ. As we think of that, that gift that he has given, it's, it's different. And that's what's going to be reiterated in this passage this morning, the different way. I, I want to encourage you to think this through. And to really hear what God's word says. I know a lot of you have some great ideas and some, are, some of our ideas are just dumb. They're just dumb man-made ideas. And uh, they're familiar too. We've maybe held them our whole lives. And maybe they needed to be traded in for the truth of God's word even today. Um, he, he starts out in chapter 7 uh, verse 1 with a question. And Paul is looking to uh, get logic going in you and to think this through, and and he's asking a question, and by the way, that's a great way to teach, for those of you who are parents, um, yelling, yelling seems to be the way to teach sometimes, Uh, it's not just, it seems to be the way to teach, but it's just not that effective, right, 
and, and to get your kids to think as, as much as they can at that age would be better. And for you lead them to uh, that which is the truth. And Paul uses this tactic as he is seeking in us. He, he wants to question. And you even think through, uh, as you've heard question after question uh, in these last couple of passages, Paul is uh, calling all of us to think and to reason about what it is to know God. And he says, um, <clears throat> in verse 7, he asks the question. He says, uh, or, or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, who know the law. So those would be the Jews, those who know the law, uh, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. And that, that seems pretty obvious, right? That if someone's not living anymore, the law is no longer effective in them. There's no longer rules to live by when you are no longer living. He goes from this question, and it seems maybe kind of vague for us, but he is going to get to an application. But before he does, he gives us an example. And this example is kind of like sobering and startling if you're uh, you're thinking you're, you're talking about theology and this and that. And so you read through it and he says, for example, example of the question, uh, he says, a married woman is bound to her husband. Well, yeah. And I want to say this. This example that he uses is an obvious example, is an obvious one um, that isn't maybe that obvious anymore. I, I just want to say that. Uh, it's an obvious it's an obvious example that maybe isn't that obvious anymore let's look at it verse 2 he says for a married woman is bound by law to her husband by the way before i get into this this is not a passage about divorce this is not a passage about divorce this is a passage that is an example of what he's trying to teach. And I'll get there, okay? But I, I, I want you to get that because some of you are, are thinking, oh, he's going to talk about divorce. Um, I, it's, it's, this is not the purpose of this passage. There are other passages in the scripture that talk about that, but this, I don't think this is one of them. For a married woman uh, is bound by law to her husband while he lives. Uh, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. And so I hope none of you are thinking of offing your spouse right now um maybe that wasn't an appropriate joke but i couldn't get away from it in my mind uh you say oh this is the only way out okay (laughs) um but but there's this obvious thing that that comes in the bond of marriage that it is a lifelong commitment it is a, a, a part of the law it was part of the obvious law the moral law uh, this is what God intended in the Old Testament, but also in the time of Rome, that this was an obvious thing that marriage was for life. And, and so there's this marriage is a bond for life, verse 2, which brings us to verse 3. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. And, and that's... That seems pretty, you know, cut and dry, but like, so if you're married to one person and you live with another acting like you're married, there's, there's a word for that. It's called an adulteress. Um, so verse three, it says, adulteress, if she lives with another 
uh, while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, uh, she is free from that law. Um, and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. And you say, well, what's the difference? The difference is simply uh, that her husband has died, that life has changed. And so as you see that, you see she, she was married to one, she was connected to one, and now she is free from that by that death, and now she is connected to another. Um, what is it? That, well, the death is the release from that bond, that bond of marriage, that connection, that relationship, if you will. And uh, it uses the word uh, or the words uh, marries another, another. And so that another is an important piece for us. And I just say it like this, free for another, free for another. Life has changed. And I want to tell you, as we look at salvation in the book of Romans, I I keep bringing this up, but life has changed. Life has changed. If you've come to faith in Jesus, life has changed. And it's not like the old life. It's different. It's different. And it's different in a dramatic way. It's, you know, there are some components that are similar or whatever, but but the, the change is not subtle. It's dramatic. Um, it's both dramatic outwardly, but it's dramatically in, inwardly as you think, as you think about what life would be like without Jesus. So free to another, that is the example. And you say, well, that was a humdinger. Yeah, it was. It was inspired by God. It was meant to be a picture for us. It's meant to be uh, dramatic. It's meant to be obvious as it would have been to the Romans. We get to verse four. He's going to go on to the application, which is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time this morning. He says, likewise, my brothers, uh, you also have died to the law. Now, I just want to stop there and go died. He just talked about who died in the last few verses. The husband died. Now the law died. So just connect the law and the first husband, okay? Uh, Died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. As you look at verse four, you see the kind of the, the, the plan, the plan, uh, as, as things come together, the, the pieces, if you will, of what has happened in salvation. And I, wanna, I want you to get this. If you're wondering about what salvation is, there it is in verse 4. Died to the law. Died to the law. And, and as you think of died to the law, uh, through, how did you die to the law? Through Jesus, the one who was raised from the dead, right? You, you died to the law through Jesus. Um, and, and what has happened you, you, so that you would belong to another doing what producing fruit for God, producing fruit for God. This passage makes a big deal that your life, um, it's this thing that, that something comes out of your life. Your life is meant to produce something. You're not a useless eater, Right? Some people use that phrase, you're a useless eater, and maybe those of you who are parents who have a lot of kids and they eat a lot, you might think, useless eater. No, their life is meant for something. What is their life meant for? Well, their life is meant 
to be Christ's, but it's meant to also produce something as they are Christ. We're not to be saved for nothing. Uh, think about that right now, that your life is not to be saved for nothing, producing fruit for God. Um, as you look at this, he's going to give the old way and the new way. The old way and the new way. Um, the old way is found in verse 5. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore the fruit of death. We bore the fruit of death. See, it describes um, what you are apart from Jesus. And this is what I was apart from Jesus too. It's, there's, no, you know, there's no question of, of is this you or is this not you? Is all of us, is all of us. Whatever we were doing in life is labeled in this passage, the realm of flesh or in the flesh. And you say, well, what is that? It's all you can do without Jesus. In, uh, as you look at the book of Romans, you realize you are born in sin, that you are sinning yourself, that you're not righteous. And it's the best that a sinful, not righteous person can do. That's what you were. That's what I was, apart from Jesus. We were in the flesh. I want to tell you that, that uh, even now, if you're a redeemed person, uh, you can still sin. I hope that's not a shock to you. Uh, if it is a shock to you, you're more confused than I thought, you know. Um, we, we still can sin. We can still live in the flesh or, or do deeds of the flesh. But I want to tell you, apart from Jesus, that's all you were. And you say, I felt like I was a good person before I, I knew Jesus. I, I know you did. I know you did. But those acts that you thought were good, some of them weren't that good. And you say, well, why weren't they that good? Because they were driven by your pride, that you thought that you were better than people. They were driven by jealousy. There were thoughts of the heart that made actions come out. And that's still sin. And so when he describes uh, this old way, and I want, I want to distinguish an old way with a new way, because that's what the the, the the picture here is and the words that the scripture uses old way and new way he says in 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 verse five for when we were in the realm of the flesh that's what he's describing this this time and place before jesus is the realm of the flesh and and i want to say this i should have used this word earlier i had it in my notes but i skipped over them because i wasn't paying attention stuck stuck and, and I want to tell you, uh, in your marriage, you're stuck. You're stuck. And, and it's good. It's good for you to be stuck. It's good for you to be stuck. But as your spouse passes away, you're unstuck. You're unstuck. You know, we, that's part of the marriage vows, right? Till death do us part. Okay? And, and the, this idea of stuck... In, in the first marriage, this passage is talking about, is under the law. He says, you're stuck there. You're stuck there. That's where you're stuck. And, and you say, well, God's law is good. For sure it's good. For sure it's good. How about you? New. New. Uh, unable to fulfill the law. Unable to. And so you're stuck in this relationship 
with the, with the law where you, you can't fulfill it. You can't do it. Your best tries aren't that good. And the failure that you have done is revealed over and over again. The frustration of being found as sinful over and over again. And that was the old way. It was the old, and, and it, it talks about, it goes on, it says you're in the realm of the flesh. It, as you look at it, uh, down at verse four again, I'm sorry, verse five. For while we were uh, living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members. And, and, and what you get here, and this is hard for us to imagine, um, our sinfulness is rebellion, rebellion. Uh, I think most of us know, uh, you know, rebellion of our own heart. We see it in different ways. If, if uh, there's no speed limit, it's kind of frustrating, isn't it? Right? Especially for those of you who are good and rebellious, right? It says, speed limit's 55. You say, I'll go 65. Because I do my own thing. That number's not for me. You, you know, some of you got really frustrated that we put lines in our parking lot, right? You like that idea. I'll just go wherever I want. You know, we were going wherever we want. Now you're like, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, I want to tell you the law, the law didn't make us obedient. The law didn't spur in us, it spurred rebellion in us. Why? Because we were in the realm of the flesh. We were stuck in our flesh. And so our flesh, uh, even in the moments that we wanted to obey, driven by jealousy and pride and other things, selfishness, there was this idea that it just aroused more sinfulness. It showed us our sinfulness. The law didn't help us uh, in the sense of becoming saved. It showed us our sinfulness. And so you have these old sinful passions of rebellion and sins, and sins of the heart, pride, jealousy, worry, selfishness, right? Self-righteousness. Um, and, and, and I want to say this. Let me say this for a moment. Um, the, the, book of, the book of Romans is definitely a Jewish book. And, and when he says the law, he's talking about the Old Testament law. And so, so most of us go, I'm, you know, I, I don't care. You know, that wasn't me. And yet we, we grew up in some kind of religious world, a religious family, where there was right and wrong, right and wrong. We were good when we were right, and we were bad when we were wrong. And we, we bring that to our, our adult spirituality and think that in some way God will be impressed enough to, uh, with us and our obedience that we would be his. I want to tell you, this is what Paul is attacking in this passage. He's saying that's not the way. In fact, that's the old way. That's the old way. I know that makes many of us feel uncomfortable, but as you look at this passage, especially as we look at verse six, I think you'll see it, uh, whether you're comfortable with it or not. I, I want to say, what did that old life produce? Um, because it produced, and, and we've talked about this in the weeks past, a tree produces fruit, a 
A tree produces fruit. And you can know about the tree by what fruit it produces. In this passage, what does it say? This, what is the fruit that's produced? Well, it's the fruit of death. It's the fruit of death. And so that's why, as you look at this relationship one and relationship two, it is so good to be done with relationship one, the fruit of death. Which brings us to verse six. Verse six, verse six uh, reads like this. But now, it's not like, it's a different time. It's not the old time, it's the new time. But now, we are released from the law, having died to that which has held us captive. You think of that, that word captive, and you can think of a slave or uh, um, a prisoner, but slavery is being a prisoner, right? It's that idea that you can't get away from it. And I want to tell you that apart from Jesus, you are stuck. You are stuck. You are enslaved. You are a captive. But because of what Christ has done, this new way is the captives are free. The slaves are released. And as it goes on, and it's talked about this in chapter 6 as well, but now we are released from the law to do whatever we want to do. Is that what it says? No, there's a compelling uh, step that we take. It's, it's a good step. It's a joyful step. But, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which has held us captive, so that we serve in a new way. Serving in a new way. Now, what is serving in the old way, by the way? What do you think that looks like? It's selfish. It's, did everyone see that I served? God, did you see how much I gave? God, did, did you see how I'm not like them? Did you see? Because I'm better. I'm better. That was the old way. The new way is something totally... And by, by the way, um, it, it's checking boxes, Right? The old way is going, you know, I, I, got, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, got to do this, because that makes me good. What's the new way? It's something different. It's described here. It's not described here. It's just spoken here. The new way of the Spirit. Look, look at it in verse 6. Held us captive so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit, not of the old way of the written code. Well, He's going to go on and talk more about this and the rest, but he's saying it's a new way. It's a new way of the Spirit, right? He's layering on theological things. He talked about sanctification. He talked about justification. He talked about our own depravity and how lost we are in our sin, dead we are in our sin. But now he says we are now doing this. This new way is by the Spirit, not by that old way, that old way of the written code. If you think that walking with Jesus is following a bunch of rules, read it again. Read it again. The book of Romans. Read it again. 
It is not a written code. It is now a spirit code. It's not a code itself. It's this idea of walking by the spirit. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, where he described this. and, And I love the book of Galatians and Romans together because they're very connected, some similar themes. The same the same writer um, talking about some similar ideas, but he, he's speaking of, and remember we already got this word fruit, and he says um, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Uh, In that passage that he's talking about, he's talking about more specifically what the fruit is. The fruit is. And I want to tell you that it's good for you to know that that's what the fruit that comes from walking in the spirit that is the new way, that's what it looks like. And so why is that helpful to know? When that comes out of your life, you can say, work of God, (laughs) work of God. His spirit is working in me, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. This is the fruit that comes for, this is the fruit for God that comes from him as his spirit works within us. I, I want to tell you that um, when other stuff comes out of you, w- what can you know as well? That's not from God. What is that from? That is from, that is from the flesh. That is from the flesh. What does that look like? Well, that looks like the old way of living. The old way of living. Um, you know, we, it's important for us to distinguish what is the, the new way of living by the Spirit and that which is the old way of living by the law or under the law. I want to give you three, like, concluding thoughts and then we'll share in a time of communion. Just reiterating these things concluding, summarizing. The old way, um, just to remember, the law has never saved us. It's never saved us. Nor could it. Nor could it. The law has never saved us, nor any law, right? Nor any uh, moral code, nor any way of being raised. None of that has saved us, nor could save us. I think that's important to remember as you talk to people, as you, you think through in your own heart, but as you talk to people about the gospel. This is um, an interesting time in our world right now, right? People are, are searching whether they would acknowledge it or not. People are unsettled. Why is that? Because <laughs> it's unsettling to live in the world right now. And, and, and so why and how and like, how do you answer these questions? I, I wanna tell you, Point people not to any moral code, you know, don't, don't start pointing at their life and say, you just need to stop doing that, and stop doing that, and stop doing that, and go to church. Go to church. Um, yeah, I would encourage them to come. I'd encourage them to come. But just walking through these doors isn't going to save anybody. Nor could it. Nor could it. So the, the old way, no law could ever save us nor any other law as well. Secondly, this passage tells us that we are saved to serve. Saved to serve. 
maybe we should say it this way. We are not called, we are not saved to sit. Right? Saved to sit. Um, as a useless eater uh, before, I want to tell you that, that the salvation that God has given you, he hasn't given it for you to just exist, right? Saved to serve. And, and I, I want to, some of you still haven't gotten the picture in your mind. When you hear that word serve or slave, you go, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's not me. I'm more of a king or a queen type, Right? <laughs> I, I just want to tell you that you were saved to serve, right? And, and that means in his church. Why? Why? His church is what he's doing right now. What is God doing in the world? He's, his church, his church, his resurrected people. And, and I want to be a part of that. And that doesn't mean you, you get a badge or a slot. There might, but it, it means that you're a part of what he is doing. And what is he doing? He, he's sharing his message of good news with people. And, and that means the people that you're living by and working with and golfing with. It means your kids. I, I think about, God, I'm just so, um, kids are a big deal. I think about our kids and when we're singing right here, and um, some of your kids don't want to sing, right? I get it. I get it. You know, they're too cool for school. You know, they're, I don't want to do that. But as a parent, I want to tell you, you, you should be praying for your kids because you want them to have something to sing about, right? Um, every generation has had their stupid songs, Right? Not songs of God, but songs of the world. And they're always talking about love and immorality or whatever. I was thinking of my, one of my favorite songs of high school, Van Halen, Jump. Greatest song ever. <laughs> Might as well jump. Like, what does that mean? Like, what? I want to tell you that as we think about serving, we, we think about always serving, always serving, right? You're serving in your marriage. You're serving as you're raising kids or serving as grandparents. You're, you're serving and you're looking to serve people at your work and go, oh, I don't want to do it. No, you are. Why? Because you're God's saved person and, and you're looking for people and ways to serve. And I want to tell you that he hasn't made you to serve every time, every way, but there are distinct things that he has called you to serve in and equipped you especially to do. And so we should be looking and, and, and our minds and eyes wide open. Why? Because we've been saved to serve. And lastly, I, I just want to reiterate this. It's a new way of living. It's a new way of living by the Spirit. Um, the older you get, the, uh, the more you love old things, right? You, you love old songs. You love old shoes and old styles and uh, old phones too because you can understand how they work. Um, you love older things. I want to tell you that 
Jesus saved you to a new way. And I want to encourage you to think this through. For, for you to understand that uh, rule following is the old way. The new way is living by the Spirit. I realize that can get complicated in your mind, but uh, know this, that the Spirit will lead you to do what? Things of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a new way, a new way. We'll talk more about this in the weeks to come. In fact, we're going to look more at the law this this next week. Uh, Please join with me in prayer as we close our time. God, thank you. Thank you for this time as we've been able to look at your law. Help us to get it straight in our mind that you've given us freedom from the law, freedom from the flesh uh, because of Jesus. God, help us to sort out what it means to walk with you now uh, in this time, in this place, and that we would be driven, joyfully driven uh, to serve you. Uh, God, we thank you for the time you've given us now. In Jesus' name, amen.